painting to photography, from beadwork to woodworking, KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University presents Artbeat. Artbeat highlights the work and accomplishments of local artists from in and around Winona. Support for Artbeat is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today on Artbeat, we talk to artist Seho Park. Professor Seho Park has taught art education, drawing, and two-dimensional design courses at Winona State University since 1988. His current show, Paintings, draws from work he made during his 2022 to 2023 sabbatical. Professor Park attended an artist residency in Seoul, Korea for much of his sabbatical year and exhibited in Seoul several times while on leave from teaching. Today, we take you to Watkins Art Gallery on the Winona State University campus to speak with Seo Park about his new exhibit, including his inspirations for his paintings, as well as his thoughts on art overall. I'm Ryan Flanders. Pull up alongside your radio and, well, park it as we bring you Seho Park and his paintings today on Artbeat. When you are painting, as we all know, you are having a very direct conversation with the thing that's uh, in front of you. And that's the moment where I think as a All righty, Seho. So we just got done with your presentation here at Watkins Hall. Your uh, paintings is the title. And so uh, you spoke a little bit about like the history of painting during your uh, speech there. Uh, what, what is the importance to of uh, the medium of paint for you? Medium, uh, I use acrylic as my main medium. And uh, something I like about the medium is, uh, you know, this uh, is a new medium, the, in, an invention of the middle of the 20th century. Before that, uh, people had to use oil paint. Uh, even today, many people still prefer, you know, uh, using oil paint. I started with the oil painting, but to me personally, you know, uh, you have to use the oil paint, you know, and then when you finish a painting, you have to give enough time for the oil paint to dry so that you can, you know, move the, move your picture around and do something more to it. Well, it, it can have good points and uh, negative points. Good, the good point is because the oil paint is uh, not drying fast enough, you can always change the colors and shapes all the time. But at the same time, if you're a person who's uh, uh, you know, making pictures at a very fast speed, in that you finish one painting and go to another painting right after that, then you, know, you have to wait until the first one uh, would have to be totally dried so that you would do something about it before you move on to another project. So I thought for me to be uh, a lot more efficient in terms of the way I manage the time given to me to be continuously creative, I thought maybe I need a a medium which would dry faster, dry in a speedy way, you know, according to my desire. And that's when I discovered this medium, acrylic, acrylic paint. And it is a, a water-based, but it's a basically a kind of emulsive material, meaning it is a, a mixture of a watery substance and uh, oily substance put together. Uh, when it's a wet, you can use it as a, a typical paint, even watercolor paint. But when it dries, it leaves a permanent skin. And uh, the thing is, it dries so fast. Sometimes within 10 minutes, within 20 minutes, it, it creates a wonderful, you know, the permanent skin tone over there. So uh, that, you know, became a kind of a merit that I can uh, utilize. I can, you know, uh, use as a, the, the, you know, the positive 
productive point uh, that I can apply in my picture making. So I'm still using the acrylic paint. Yeah. yeah. And so do you mainly stick to acrylic paints then? Yeah. Yeah, acrylic paint. And I, I also uh, use a watercolor paint. I also uh, do drawings, drawings with a pencil and crayons sometimes, pastels. But acrylic paint is the, my you know, major you know, medium that, that I use all the, all the time. Yeah. Cool, cool. All right. Uh, so what are some of your inspirations for some of these pieces here? Uh, as someone said in, uh, during the, the, the talk, uh, I think uh, nature, the way things in nature are coexisting, uh, teaches me a lot, the, the, teaches me a lot. Uh, and then, so I say nature teaches us how to see art and art, also teaches us how to see nature. So although my pictures do not directly uh, portray things from nature, uh, the way all those visual elements are put together should uh, uh, remind us of uh, the way all the living and dead objects in this whole world are coexisting. coexisting. When you have the mountain, you have the sky, you have the river. When you have a springtime, you have a winter, you have a summer and a fall. Sense of variety, but in some beautiful, harmonious, uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of a, a continuity, that kind of idea. So from I'm learning a lot from the way nature behaves, the way things coexist in this nature, and translate those qualities into pure visual elements of forms and then with that I create a sense of a harmonious totality in the painting. So that's why I said my painting is not too different from a natural object. So you, uh, you speak a lot about learning from nature and how much that teaches you. So you are a professor here at Winona State. I saw you had a few students here as well. What is something that you would want them to take from seeing your exhibit here? You know, what, there are a number of points I can uh, let them think about, you know, uh, carefully and deeply. Uh, starting with the fact that, as I said earlier, art, being creative as an artistic person means that you know or you are supposed to create a space-time for you to be totally free. Free your imagination, free with your creative action. Uh, uh, so that you can see yourself uh, as a totally free person uh, using your own decision-making to do whatever you want to do. So recognizing the sense of a total freedom has to be the beginning point as an, as an artist. The second point, uh, to think carefully about the meaning and nature of uh, the language beauty. I talked about beauty. Because, uh, you know, no matter what style, no matter what conceptual background, when you are dealing with uh, uh, creativity as a visual artist, uh, you have to deal with the things that you have to make so that you can see, uh, making something seeable. So what kind of a seeing experience uh, are you dealing with, do you have to deal with? That has to be another very powerful point that my young learners must uh, you know, keep in mind and then do something about that idea. Uh, the third point, I, I guess, would be 
recognizing that whatever you do, whether you are uh, you know, an artist of a uh, storytelling quality, so-called narrative art, when you, whether you are doing a narrative art or purely formalistic art, meaning you do not have any storytelling quality at all, you just uh, are interested in the way your picture comes up with a, a very unique composition, unique structure, all those things, whether this or that, they are already narrative enough, meaning they have their own stories, or they represent the stories that are existing by way of dramatizing it, beautifying it. They are all about themselves, starting with this narrativity, their narrative quality. So you are creating in your work, basically making a story making a story. What kind of story, that's what you are going to de uh, de decide and, and come up with, okay? But that's the idea. Those are three ideas I'm, you know, I think I tell my students to, to keep in mind and revisit, <laughs> yeah. And so then you spoke a lot about navigation and how the pieces kind of work from piece to piece, and they're all titled Navigate A through G, is that so? Same titles. Well, navigate means uh, basically those elements are navigating. When I'm painting, I go into this space. It's like uh, I start my own navigation because I'm moving about. How? By leading all the lines and tones and brush strokes here and here and there. So I'm going to place A painting is a situation, a space, a time where I can go from here to another dimension. Well, in another way of putting it, paint, the painting I make is a, a kind of space and time I create so that I can go and see and experience, live in, that kind of idea. In that, I'm moving, I'm, I'm trans transporting myself into the space. Also, in the picture itself, there are many elements, lines and you know, short, you know, small lines, big lines, and color, colorful shapes and bands, things like that. They are there to create, to generate a sense of activity, movement. That's why I say they are going to places, going places, right? Uh, that's why I came up with this idea of navigate, navigate. Navigate meaning you expect to go to a place, whether that place is uh, well known to you or that's a mysterious place. You are, no, no matter what, you are, ex you, are uh, you know, uh, kind of uh, uh, coming into the space uh, as an explorer of a new continent, a new ocean, new place. So you have to find the safest way to move about until you reach to reach the destination. Sometimes you know exactly where to go, sometimes you do not know, but you are moving about, searching for a place to anchor, you know, your boat, your whatever it is, right? So in that regard, I thought, you know, the way the, the elements behave pictorially, visually, uh, reminded me of the idea of Navigation. That's why I gave it the title Navigate. Yeah. Yeah. So is there a significance for uh, the lettering or labeling of each piece? Not, not really, not really. Uh, you know, the, there's a, a kind of a danger uh, in giving a, a definite title to your artwork, a visual artwork. The best way for me to uh, display my work would be 
having no titles at all, giving no titles at all, so that people can really come to uh, each picture with a total openness. There's no name, no explanation about the people. I try to come up with some statement and titles uh, because that's a part of uh, the, you know, uh, uh, historically well-established sense of uh, cultural behavior. When you have a show, you are supposed to give some title and uh, a statement. Really, I do not think that's that important because it somehow delimits the open freedom and flexibility that each viewer would have to bring to it. But educationally speaking, uh, in a sense, you know, in this educational setting, maybe my students especially, when they come, they can read the way I wrote the so-called statement to allow them to think about this picture in this way, according to my way of looking at it. So I'm simply inviting them to try this way of looking at it. But this statement, the title, these given titles should not arrest them so that they wouldn't be able to move about outside of what I say. So anyway, that's a very good question. Good question. Uh, but it's a part uh, uh, tradition, part uh, based on educational purpose <laughs> for me. But as I said, maybe having no indication, no title at all would be the most ideal, you know, action I could uh, have for my show. But you know, that's what we have here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you talk about getting to a, you know, kind of a, a headspace where you see nothing, where it's kind of blank. Do you have any sort of rituals, activities that you like to do to get yourself to that headspace? Uh, I have an old house that I use as my studio. So during the daytime, I'm here to teach, and uh, after teaching, I'm just going to my place. I don't do any ritual kind of thing at all. You know, something nice about uh, being a visual artist, especially a painter, you begin to uh, appreciate and uh, recognize the beauty of uh, total silence. Silence is its, its own sensation. <laughs> okay. uh, that may be something important for me to have. But you did a lot of these works well on sabbatical, correct? Yeah. Yep. And so how does that time off and being uh, in Korea, how does that, you know, affect your uh, yeah, career? Yeah, that uh, studio residency was uh, made of uh, four artists, including myself, so four of, four, four of them. And then it's like going to studio, you know, every day and you go there, you just work, you have your own small space and uh, they have their own individually divided section spaces. And then uh, uh, they have a, a, another section used as a, a gallery space. So we work together without bothering each other at all, but sometimes we get together, we communicate, and we have a shows together. So it's a wonderful, very, very fertile environment for any artist to be. So that's a, uh, what I uh, spend the most of the, my sabbatical you know, year, year there. Uh, I had about four different shows with them. We all have a different styles, different ways of doing things. Yeah. Awesome. And then uh, your exhibit will be uh, here last, at what? Last day of uh, February. The last uh, day. So you plenty of time we have yeah. for our students on campus that can find the time to come here. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a, my way of offering uh, to the entire community. Mm -hmm. Uh, showing that, you know, I, you know the, the way I see, these are some interesting pictures, and uh, I would uh, be pleased 
that I can share uh, these things with uh, with anyone mm-hmm. who could come here. So Definitely. I welcome them. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I have my own uh, website, sehopark.net, N-E-T, mm-hmm. sehopark.net, and that's where uh, people can see some images of my recent work. Nice. And thank you for giving me this opportunity yes, to speak yes, about my work and my experience. Yeah, it's been yeah. a pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, thank All you. Right, thank, thank you. you. Thank you yep. very much. Thanks again to Professor Seho Park for joining us today on Artbeat. To see more of Professor Park's work, go to sehopark.com. For more conversations on art, tune in to Artbeat Tuesdays at 1230 right here on 89.5 KQAL. For podcasts of Artbeat and other KQAL original programming, go to kqal.org. I'm Ryan Flanders, and we've just heard from artist Seho Park on Artbeat. Artbeat is written and produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us on the web at kqal.org.